welcome to the 16th Womanthology podcast. My name is Fiona Tatton and I'll be your host. Womanthology is a digital magazine and professional community powered by female energy and ingenuity. We champion equal recognition and reward for everyone, sharing opportunities, ideas and a deep pool of collective wisdom, supporting each other to be unstoppable. The theme of the show today is Women of History. I'm going to be chatting with Eitan Shataya, who's part of the team behind the film She's That Woman, which pays tribute to epic women and throughout history up to the present day. We'll also be hearing from Inesh Santos, Womanthology's associate editor, who's going to be talking us through the written stories in the new issue. A quick reminder that you sign up for the Womanthology newsletter by filling in your details on the front page of the website. That's womanthology.co.uk. You can also join our new LinkedIn community by visiting linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash womanthology and find us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Welcome to the Womanthology podcast, Eitan Shataya. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy. How are you doing? I'm doing really well, thank you. So why don't we get started by you telling us about your educational background and career to date? Well, education it goes to basically where, where, I, where I was brought up and where I lived. I think it ties into that. So I, was, I was born in Israel. I was born uh, here. And when I was a baby, um, I moved to Hong Kong. I was there for the first 12 years of my life. And uh, that's where I, you know, I went to my, uh, those are my, my formative years, I guess. And then London uh, until I was around uh, almost 19 years old. Then I came back to Israel, um, to Tel Aviv. I lived here for seven years. I did my army service and I went to uh, university where I studied uh, English lit and I minored in political science. And then uh, I went to Boston in the States to do my master's degree in communications. And immediately upon finishing my master's degree, I got a job as a copywriter on uh, the Volkswagen account, an ad agency, which is one of the the big accounts at the time. So I was in, in Boston for around six years and then New York for around six or seven years. And I've been back in Tel Aviv for around 12 years now. So that's my story in a nutshell. But Hong Kong and London with a first degree in Israel and a second degree in Boston. Oh, you're making me look not very well travelled at all. <laughs> Can you tell us about your company? I am the founder and creative director of the International Nazi Branding Agency, N-A-T-I-E, at Natty.com. And yeah, we deliver, we deliver brands. That's what we do. So whether it's a, a small startup or a medium-sized company, whether it's a, a product, an organization, a service, um, we've delivered uh, branding projects for pretty much every company, every kind of company under the sun, whatever industry. We've worked with some pretty big people, um, like we were the agency that launched the Gmail, the launch of Gmail in Africa. Um, and we worked with YouTube on the London Olympics. We've worked with Facebook in London. We've worked with um, Apple in Corpatino, California. But we've also worked with a lot of, like I said before, a lot of uh, startups. Some of those startups have gone to exit at like a billion dollars. And some of those startups have, have faded away. And, and some of them have, have gone on to, to, to be successful as well. Medtech, high-tech, uh, hotels, uh, you know, B2B, B2C, uh, consumer goods, you name it, we've pretty much done it all. And we, and we deliver the, the whole brand, meaning 
the, we, we figure out what the, what the company is all about, what it is that they need to say to the world through a process of brand strategy. Then we deliver the brand, the brand story itself. Uh, if a name is needed, uh, a logo, a visual identity, websites, films, um, you name it. And we're based here in Tel Aviv and we are a remote agency, meaning the way that I built the agency around 12 years ago was for it to be fully remote. So we have a team in, in Europe, we have a team in America, and, and it's a very, very international team of mainly um, seasoned veterans in branding and advertising. So that's, that's Natty in a nutshell. And tell me about the film that you've launched called She's That Woman, which we absolutely love. I actually got a little bit obsessed by it for a while there. Could you tell us what it's all about? Well, first of all, wow, that's amazing that you that you felt that way. It, uh, it really just makes me feel good. Um, it's not my, She's That Woman is not my film. It's a film that I made with a, uh, a dear friend and a colleague, a brilliant, a brilliant human being called Dana, Dana Satterwhite. Um, Dana and I, as I mentioned, when I was a copywriter on the Volkswagen account, he was also a copywriter on the Volkswagen account. And we've become just, you know, over the years, very, very good friends and creative collaborators occasionally. The way the film came about was um, I had done uh, another film called I'm That Jew, which um, around five or six years ago about, about being Jewish and what it means to me. Um, and it went viral. Um, we got around 10 million uh, views on, on different social media platforms. And after doing that film, Dana and I were talking and, you know, we basically wanted to do something that celebrates what we feel about women as a whole. And so we sat down and we wrote something that was similar in, in concept and structure to I Met You, if you, if you see it. There's also a TEDx talk that I did about it. But we just wanted to we just wanted to celebrate women, and this and, and and the interesting thing it's not something that we wanted to do in the last year or two. This idea was a few years ago. It was probably around three years ago, and we started writing it three years in the way. A couple of things happened, and we, but then with with the pandemic, we just touched base again and like, well, why don't we do it now? And we put a team together of uh, our wives, um, a, a few friends, uh, my nephew. And, and we even uh, managed to interest uh, Wendy Melvoin and Lisa Coleman, who are Wendy and Lisa, they are the musicians for Prince's Band, The Revolution, who are just absolutely unbelievable, talented musicians. Uh, they score film tracks, TV shows, they're just like they're the beauty's knees and they're just like wonderful human beings as well. So they loved the idea of the film and, and they joined us as well. And we made it, yeah, and we just put it out there. And it just, you know, it's a slow burn, you know, it's, uh, there's all sorts of reasons why it hasn't exploded, which I can tell you as well, but it's a slow burn, but it's, it's wonderful to put it out there and to be getting the, the, the feedback that we're getting, which is overwhelmingly positive. Well, I love it for one. It's about eight minutes, something like that. Mm-hmm. It's long. Yeah, it's long. It's eight and a half minutes long. <laughs> it is long. So you've got this amazing list of women. I'm interested in how you arrived at that list. Wow. It's, um, you know what, I, I don't want to say who we've got because I'd rather, I'd rather people see it, but I will, I will say that when we, we wrote the script first, um, the script was, you know, let's, let's get out what, what it is that we want to express first. And then what we did was we made uh, a very um, thorough list of just lots of, and the whole team worked on this, of women, 
of just women that we that we want to celebrate. And uh, there were over 3,000 women in that list. And then, of course, you can't put the 3,000 women in the piece. And so then we had to go through the very, very painful process of, of which, which women represent best what we want to say per line. And once you see the movie, you know, once your, your, your listeners see the movie, um, that they'll understand why this is important to the concept of the piece. And so, and that was, it was a very painful process because you had to, you had to cut women. And then as you're also putting these women in and taking these women out, the script changes a little bit because you're making adjustments. But that was the process until we finally had all the women that we have in there today. And of course, you know, one of the things that, that, that comes back with the, with the comments is, why don't you have her? And why isn't she here? And why isn't that per- this person is better than that person? But, you know, what, what we were going for was, but hopefully people will see the spirit, you know, and understand what it was we were trying to say. Hopefully, like, if people watch it without even seeing the women, like, if you close your eyes and you listen to the narrative, you can fit any of those, any women, any woman you know, probably into what you would want to see. Um, but yeah, we had to make choices. And of course, we also had to make choices which are a little controversial sometimes, because sometimes, you know, you're putting in a celebrity and well, why, why a celebrity as opposed to an ordinary woman? And the reason was because eight and a half minutes of, 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 of women who are not known people were, you know, when we, when we showed certain versions, people were not really, okay, it's not really moving. But if you put in people that women, like famous women, well-known women, then, then it's more interesting as, as an experience. So then what we tried to do is we tried to make sure that there was a mix of well-known women um, and also women who might not be that well-known, but are also important. Like you might not know what this Nobel Prize winner looks like, um, or there's a politician, or there's a businesswoman, but you do know who Madonna is. So that was also, it, it was not easy. And we knew we would get heat no matter what, you know, and the fact that we're two men, because Dana, Dana and I, you know, we're two men, you know, like uh, we also knew we would probably get some heat for that, which we have a little, but mostly not. What was the heat for that? Why would anybody not think that that was a good idea? Um, well, I'll just give you an example of, uh, you know, we just opened the She's That Woman uh, Facebook page and LinkedIn page and Twitter page um, and Instagram page. And one of the comments, I believe it was on Facebook, was it was like around 100 comments so far. And one of the comments more recently was, I can't believe who would like this film. You know, two men speaking over 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 women as opposed to hearing what they have to say. But I think people are entitled to their opinions and that is one such opinion. Like, why wasn't it a woman speaking? And the reason why it wasn't a woman speaking was because it's something from two men. It's she's that woman. It's not I'm that woman, which by the way is how the script started. The script started with I'm that woman. And uh, <laughs> in the process of writing it, we realized, hold on a second, that that's probably the worst thing that you could do. You're putting the words into the mouth of a woman. And it was uh, Dana's wife who, who said, well, why don't, why don't you read it? And, and then I said, well, because then it's going to have to be she's that woman. And I was like, well, isn't that what this is anyway? And I'm like, hmm, okay, she's that woman. And then it became more honest, you know. That's the story. Well, I get a great sense of positivity from it, and that's why I like it. Because everything that I try to do with womanthology is all about getting men engaged, trying to get them brought into what we're doing, and we're working together 
to me, we've succeeded if we're doing that, if we've got everybody working together, moving things forward, and we've done well. I agree. I agree. I mean, I think, you know, like I said, people are entitled to their opinion. I mean, there's, I just saw on, on LinkedIn today, someone, um, a very well-known entrepreneur um, who posted a picture of herself and it got around 65,000 reactions, which is a hell of a lot for LinkedIn. And the, the post was, I am that founder, but she had crossed out female. So it, it, the sentence had read, I am that female founder, but she crossed out female. And underneath, she wrote, the sooner we get rid of female, then the sooner people will see us for our achievements. And you know, you don't need to define me by my gender. And I think that that's very legitimate. But I also think that there's space for, for, for both, you know, for both things to happen. I think as long as you're celebrating and celebrating positively um, and, and making people feel good, then, then great. They're always gonna be the people that don't agree but I'd like to think that people see that that we're coming from a, from a good place overall. So I'm glad that people like it and and people have shared it in LinkedIn business groups. A couple of celebrities that shared it as well. Um, the chief of uh, your intelligence services, MI6, he shared it with his women staff on Twitter. Uh, Bonnie Raitt has shared it. Questlove has shared it. Alma Harrell shared it. And and. For the most part, it's, yeah, it's you're feeling what we want people to feel, which is like women fucking rock, you know, that, that's kind of the idea. Hey, that's what we like. We love it. Thank you so much. So how's the work moving forward? You mentioned social media. What else is coming up with that? We're not sure. I think we'd, we'd like to try and establish a foundation. I'm not sure if that's going to work out, but we're going to see if we can with the foundation established seeks to further the acknowledgement of 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 women you know so um that's something that 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 we're kind of like talking about um that's one potential avenue another potential avenue is just like to continue to share this film and let people use it i mean i think that's the idea for people to spread spread the message of essentially what is acknowledgement um i'd love for more people to to see it uh, specifically men i'd love children to see it in terms of social media, what we're also going to be trying to do is, look, we have day jobs, you know, so it's it's a little challenging, but but we'd like to continue to put out like a narrative that 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 stems from the spirit of this film in different ways. Um, but we're not a company, we're not like a big organization, and just like we put this together, maybe we can continue that as you know, and for people to to just be more exposed to. The narrative. I mean, I think that when you have lots of organizations that are legitimately have an agenda and they're trying to get something across, sometimes you can kind of miss the mark because it's so it's so specific to something. But I think what this film does is it it makes a big statement, and the statement is simply, look, you know, just just look and acknowledge. And, and it doesn't mean that every woman is amazing. That's fine. When we say she's that woman, we don't mean all women literally. We mean it figuratively. Um, I have to be careful when I say that, but it's, you know, it's a work, work world we live in, but, but it's the truth. So, but, but, but I think that that, that that bigger message of women can be anything they want to be, and we see you for being that, I think that's what we as and I'm saying not we as men, but like Dana and I specifically wanted to say, it's just like, I don't see you as one thing. I see you as many amazing things. 
And that's kind of, I don't think that that's said enough, you know, in that way. So that's why we wanted to say what we did. And that's why it's eight and a half minutes long, because honestly, we had an 11 minute cut. We had a 12 minute cut. We had more women in it, but it was, it was, it was a lot. It was a lot as a piece to handle. But like, as far as I'm concerned, you know, if we could put every woman in the world in there, minus the serial killers and the, and the liars and this, you know, <laughs> those, then, then, then I would. And I'm sure Dane would have as well. Well, that sounds good to me. So it's Women's History Month at the moment. Why is it important for us to celebrate it? And what does Women's History Month mean to you? You want the politically correct answer or you want the truth? Give us both. Politically correct. Women's History Month means everything to me. And I celebrate it every year and I stop everything that I do and I celebrate women. The truth is, is I, the truth. yeah, the truth is I, I don't, I mean, I didn't really know about Women's History Month until we did this piece and we did this piece and we released it three months ago, which is, you know, I don't know when people are listening to this, but it was like three months before International Women's Day 2021. And we did it because if you read the narrative under the film on YouTube or Facebook, we wrote like, there is no particular day of of the month or time to release this film. This is something that we want to do every day, which is just recognize. So the fact that you need a, a, a month, I think is important as an institutionalized education on a very personal level. Yes. I mean, there's Holocaust Memorial day. I am Jewish and I observe, you know, I stop to think about it on Holocaust Memorial day. But I think about it all the time, you know. Um, I think about it when I read about anti-Semitism. I think about it when I read about attacks against Jewish people. Um, I read about it when I see anti-Semitic undertones or everything that happened in the British in British politics in the last couple of years. I don't need a day, but the day helps. So on a personal level, um, I I I try and keep informed anyway. Um, and I think it's a, I think it's a good thing to have. I think it's a good thing to to do. I, I must admit that that this month was a, so far has been very overwhelming because I feel like it's like now it's the politically correct thing to do. And because so many people are making a big issue of Women's History Month, as as they should, honestly, it's a little overwhelming. You know, it, it's like, well, do we release this on on International Women's Day? Or is it going to get drowned out by all the noise because people are tuning out? And I think that, that, that honestly, the effort that goes into Women's History Month, it should be spread throughout the year and, and to continue to educate people. Well, there's a day for everything now, isn't there? We've got so many days, but we get a lot of guys saying, when's Men's Day? So I always say, it's November. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was funny. It's like on International Women's Day, which I've never really paid too much attention to just out of out of naivete more than anything else I was like do I get my wife something Um, (laughs) sounds like a good idea to me yeah but you know that's what I'm saying it's like I would rather kind of like get that that's where the turnoff can can come it's just like I'm feeling force-fed something which is a problem because you're not being you know but there are many people out there who are not aware who are not progressive thinkers they didn't sit down for a year and make a film like this or or they don't once in a while get, I'm not saying get their mother or their wife something, I'm saying show appreciation for, for who they are and what it is that they do day in and day out. But I just think that she is able to do so much more than me. And I think it is connected to um, 
to her abilities as a woman. So I, so I try and show appreciation for that when I can. Probably not enough. What's coming up for you? What are you looking forward to? And what are you excited about? When I was uh, just before the pandemic, I was invited to speak in Hawaii. Uh, and I was invited to give a keynote at Emerson College for the School of Communications about branding in Boston. Then I was meant to visit my family with my wife and the kids in, in, in the States. So it was like a one, two, three trip. Hotels were booked, flights were paid for, and then COVID-19 came. So I'm looking forward to traveling again. I love uh, speaking at events. I'm looking forward to hugging people. Uh, I just started hugging my parents again because here in Israel, um, most of the population is vaccinated at this stage and we seem to be coming out of something. We're still cautious. So there's not like full on slobbering and hugging, but there's definitely, there's definitely some, some, some hu- hugging at a distance going on. So I'm looking forward to more of that. Uh, as a branding agency, we, we, we work a lot with, with Europe and uh, I'd love to work more with companies in the UK. We have a couple of very interesting things going on. And honestly, what I'm really looking forward to is just like a little bit more peace and love, man. I mean, there's been such, such divisiveness and hatred and intolerance going on everywhere. I mean, you guys with Brexit and, and governments and all that stuff, but look at the States with, with everything that happened politically there. And then there's the black and whites. Now there's the Royal family here in Israel. There's, I just think it's everywhere, everywhere right now. There's, there's a lot of chaos and division and so I'm looking forward to, to a little bit more, a little bit more unity. I know that sounds utopian, but even like this piece, you know, I think one of the things that we said about it again in the narrative below the film, if people read it, is that if there's one thing that we can unite around in this divisive world, it's, it's, it's our respect and our admiration for women. And, and I think that that's true, but I also think it's true about many other things. Um, and it would be nice if people would unite around celebrating what we have in common rather than letting what divides us rise to the top. Because you see, I'm, I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir, but I'm sure that your audience is also fed up with that. I think we're all fed up with, can we just have a little bit more togetherness just for just to breathe, to, to be able to breathe a little bit. We're all cooped up in our homes and watching all this shit. And it'd be nice to, it'd be nice to be able to look forward to something again. I think that that's something that I'd like for the atmosphere to to be a little bit more hopeful. Well, you've given me some hope today, so I'm feeling very positive about speaking with you. Can we stay in touch moving forward? Yeah, sure. I mean, why not? Why don't we do that? We'll keep in touch. So thank you so much for your time today, Aitan Chataya. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Pleasure speaking to you too. On behalf of Dana and myself and the team and Wendy and Lisa, who, you know, it's not certainly not me. It's, it's a team effort. Thanks for taking the time. Hello, my name is Inish Santush. I am the associate editor of Womanfology, and I am back to tell you all about our new issue, Women in History. The stories include... Jill Mayer's 
pilot and founder of Mayor Zero Consulting, shares with us the story of Betty Haas Fista, one of the World War II women Air Force Service pilots. Jill came across Betty's story when she met Betty's daughter, Suzanne, and has now joined the advisory board of the Betty Flies Foundation. Rosalind Ball tells us about the book she is writing about 70 fantastic elected women whose stories have been left out of history books. Did you know that only half a percent of recorded history is about women's stories? If you'd like to see the story of 70 more women shared, you can support Rosalind's campaign to get her book published. Also, Sumita Mukherjee, Associate Professor in Modern History at the University of Bristol, shares the story of the Indian suffragettes. These incredible women are often overshadowed, so Sumita, with her research, has shared with the world how Indian women had been campaigning for female suffrage from at least 1917. Laurie Dizengrammel, award-winning sculptor, tells us how she has been working on the first ever full-figure life-size statue of Virginia Woolf, having been approached by charity Aurora Metro Arts and Media. Laurie also informs us about the huge imbalance between male and female statuary in the UK. Laura McKinney, co-vice president of Women in Medicine and NHS Medical Assistant, tells us about the woman who made medical care more compassionate, Dr. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. Laura also talks about the importance of recognizing the efforts from the women in the past so that we can see how much we have achieved and how much is still left to do. Finally, Helena Whitbread, historian and editor slash decoder of the diaries of Anne Lister, shares the story of this amazing woman, now known as the first modern lesbian. Helena tells us how, while she was looking for a research project, she found Anne's diaries, which were one-six written in code. The story of Anne was only rediscovered because of Helena's dedication in decoding her diaries. Do check out our website, womanfology.co.uk, to read the full stories. And that is all from me. Sadly, that's all we have time for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, if you want to support what we do, then share the link for the show on social media and also subscribe. The feedback is really important, so please do rate and review the show in your podcast app. That's all for now, but join us for the next episode, which is about the gender pay gap. For now, take care and stay safe. 